Magneto Funky, number 46. It's Monday, November 13th, 2017. Hey, Larry here, in the pursuit of grid power to the people. This week, I'm taking a brief and unstable look at the one battery I won't be using more than one at a time. Uh, the music is a fresh sampler of indie tunes, all from Los Angeles. Mostly, acts returning to the stage.
Okay, uh, that was Tremor Lights by Deronda, the indie rock outfit in North Hollywood, led by lead singer, rhythm guitarist, and hardcore progressive political junkie Gabe Hernandez, who maybe enjoyed last week's Blue Wave election as much as I did. Hey, this is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, a weekly international podzine of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics with a focus on energy independence for the 99%. My pod pages are 1223studios.com slash mfunky.h and facebook.com slash 1223studios. Well, back to the old drawing board. Okay, in this week's Brief Grid Theory, uh, we're back to batteries and the crucial role they play in any off-the-grid setup. And while much of my focus has been on the homemade sunstones, uh, 18650s, lead acids, even 6-volt AA's and AAA's, at the bottom of my list is 9-volt batteries, mainly because they have more disadvantages grid-wise than the other formats. Well, for one, they're old-school tech. I don't care what kind of improvements have been made over the decades. They're old-school tech whose heyday was the mid-50s to 70s transistor radio era. And even then, they had to compete with AA-powered radios starting in 1960. In fact, the portable electronics I've owned over the years were 9 times out of 10 not using 9 volts. So grid-wise, nobody uses or advises using a bunch of 9 volts connected in series as a battery bank. Not even the dude in that 2011 video who put 244 used 9 volts together to get 2 kilovolts. That's enough to power your own damn electric chair. Now, the best present day use for them is in smoke alarms and devices that need to deliver high instant power but will draw a tiny current on standby for long periods. Now, without going into the weeds with the numbers, let's just say a 9-volt battery is less efficient per unit weight and volume than a standard battery, seeing as they're made up of a bunch of smaller standard batteries, well, what you call quadruple A's. Now, just last week, I bought a disposable 9-volt and a USB car charger at the dollar store to make a quick and dirty Bronze Age emergency phone tablet charger that will work in a pinch. It's the cover photo for this episode. Uh, and the only refinement I'd make would be soldering a clip to the charger for a more secure connection. But that's about it. And no, I won't even bother with a rechargeable Navo battery. And yeah, my AC battery charger for nickel cadmium and nickel metal hydrides it has clips for a pair of 9 volts because it's just for the phone. My other appliances need a 12 volt or larger battery bank. And I'm focused on 18650s and sealed lead acid batteries for that. But meanwhile, I'll get a couple more of these 9 volt babies so I'll at least have a working phone 
on day three of a grid down. Okay, uh, coming back with lab notes on Sunstone 6.5. Okay, back to the stage. Continuing the all-LA set with Skin Job by Rufo, a South Central LA-based artist, uh, a.k.a. Oscar Batista, blending the melodies and rhythms of jazz, punk, and grunge into grooves of melodious, melancholic music. His goal in sound is to make what's harsh beautiful and what's beautiful into reality. Oh, by the way, he hosts four shows the Sunday of every month at the King Eddie in downtown L.A. and at the Union House Co-op in the Pico Union District. Uh, by the way, the King Eddie is where I wrote my novel Banjo Strings, in the hotel above the bar.
Okay, next up we have Pathfinder by the returning Mr. Corazon, the experimental alternative art rocker with a cool video. Oh, and be sure to check out his Bandcamp page for all the updates.
All right. Uh, we close out the set with Sugar Lies by Pixelgon, the art rock baroque pop indie trio hanging out in the valley. And check out their soundscape video of the song. Nice. Geek Notes. Uh, today, the 13th of November, and I'm happy to report that the Democrats didn't blow the election last week in spite of voter suppression, and P. Grabby didn't get his standing tiny photo op at the Korean border, thanks to a pissed off Mother Nature, but he did get that booty call with Vladimir in Vietnam with matching pajamas he can wear for his Duterte reach-around. Oh, meanwhile, the GFY GOP is even more desperate now to pass that tax revenge package to mug the blue states and prop up the welfare queen red states because they all hear that clock ticking 
and the impeachment barbecue don't give a shit what orders the Nazi channel issues. Like the pathetic noises making excuses for Roy Moore, a.k.a. Chester the Molester. What else do you values voter red hats call someone with a history of chasing and catching middle school girls? But hey, thank y'all for not quitting him. Now we know just what organ you thumped that Bible with. Oh, and by the way, Joanna, fuck you with a broomstick dipped in the Jordan River. And lastly, something that must be said to every Democrat just elected, especially in Virginia, y'all better invest in bulletproof wear because you know sore loser entitled assholes do love their Second Amendment remedies. Anyway, I could keep going. I mean, I haven't even talked about the how much y'all love the veterans, but y'all killing the veteran service dog program. And CHIPS is still sitting in the trash can, ain't it? That's the Children's Health Insurance Program. But anyway, uh, let's just run the dates. Okay, we're going to jump to November the 14th, that's World Diabetes Day, and we also have an event, the EBC Prison Mail Night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the Ella Baker Center for Human Rights, 1970 Broadway, Suite 1125 in Oakland. EBC will host a mail night to respond to the increasing amount of correspondence received from people in prisons and jails across the country. They're getting lots of questions about prior ballot initiatives, including Prop 47 and 57, advocacy support, and requests for pen pals, and EBC's work at large. Uh, If you're interested, please RSVP to emily at ellabakercenter.org. Okay, uh, for November the 15th, In 1960, a U.S. patent was issued for an alkaline dry cell to P.A. Marcel, Carl Kordesh, and Louis F. Uri, who assigned it to the Union Carbide Corporation, the manufacturer of EverReady batteries, or their patent number 2960558. Compared to the existing carbon-zinc dry cells, it offered an appreciable increase in lifespan and efficiency during heavy continuous drains. And also on this date, in 1884, colonization of Africa was organized at the International Conference in Berlin from November 15th to February 26th, 1885. Okay, let's see, November 16th is the International Day for Tolerance and it's World Philosophy Day. And we have another event, Capitalism and Housing, the People's Study Group, happening from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the Omni Commons, 4799 Shattuck Avenue, Oakland. Uh, the People's Study Group is a grassroots effort to reclaim black and brown people's struggles against capitalism and create a collective analysis of our current situation. Uh, They're exploring texts from past and current revolutionary movements and thinkers. Now, the People's Study Group is a new project 
of some residents of the Fruitvale District. They're not a large organization, and they will be asking for donations to cover the cost of the space. Let's see, uh, November the 17th is World Prematurity Day, and we have a couple more events. Uh, there's going to be a Hamilton sing-along at the Claremont Library Branch from 3 to 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at 2940 Benvenue Avenue, Berkeley. Uh, sing along to your favorite songs from Hamilton. It's going to be fun for teens and adults. Cool. And also, we have the Reorient 2017 Festival of Short Plays. That's seven short plays, one unforgettable evening of theater. Think you know the Middle East? Hey, think again. Reorient 2017 will turn San Francisco into a mecca for innovative, spirited, and thought-provoking theater from or about the Middle East. Nowhere else will you find plays and artists from Armenia, Iraq, Iran, Japan, Lebanon, Palestine, Tunisia, Turkey, the UK, and the US, all on one stage. Uh, it's hosted by Golden Thread Productions at Portrero Stage, 1695 18th Street, here in the city. And let's see, uh, November 18th, uh, here's a date that will live in infamy. In 1978, more than 900 persons, most of them black Americans, died of mass murder in Jonestown, Guyana. And no, I don't call it suicide when you drink the Kool-Aid because you fell victim for the okie doke. And we do have one event on the 18th. Of Roman's Walk of Fame honoring author and poet Luis Rodriguez. That'll be happening from 12 noon to 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at Roman's Bookstore, 695 East Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena. Novelist, journalist, critic, columnist, and 2014-2016 Los Angeles Poet Laureate, Luis Rodriguez, is the next honoree to immortalize his handprints and signature in the Vroman's Author's Walk of Fame. Uh, following the dedication, there's a reception and a special conversation between Luis and journalist and essayist Linnell George as they discuss his celebrated life and career. Very cool. And we have one final uh, date. The 19th is International Men's Day, World Day for Road Traffic Victims, and World Toilet Day. And yeah, and to the one or two of y'all in the back snickering, yeah, you're going to remember that the next time you get caught short and you don't have a toilet nearby. Uh, hey, if you got promos, pluggers, gig info, and art opening, etc., send me an email. The address is mfunkyzine at gmail.com. And bands, artists, and poets, download links, no attachments, please, and no promises. Transfer complete.
Okay, in grid practice. Moving on from the 6.0 design with its loose cathode, I implemented my design modification on the aluminum wire. A simple 45 degree bend in the wire in two places, giving me a little V when you look down the wire inside the straw, making the 4 inch wire now 3.5 inches. With the 4 inch copper anode wire taped in place opposite it, I had just enough room for the skinny dowel rod to pack the electrolyte down, though it did take twice as long to fill the cell. Took about an hour to do all three. Uh, I let them sit for an hour, took wet readings, and they were all above 550 millivolts. Uh, I shorted them for about 18 hours, gave them another 12 hours of rest, and then took another open circuit voltage reading. And they each spiked up to 625 to 630 millivolts, then settled around 600. In wiring the cells together, I decided to stop treating them like regular battery cells and came up with this 2S2P configuration. Uh, cells number 1 and 2 I connected in parallel and number 3 I connected to them in series to double the voltage and the amperage. Now I'd never do this odd number thing with lead acid or lithium batteries but hey with these, there's no danger of outgassing or a chain reaction, overheating, or explosion. Uh, after wiring them up, I took a reading and got 1.21 volts. Then took another open circuit reading 15 minutes later, and it was then at 1.232. But I knew it wasn't going to stay there. Uh, I let it set to rebalance, and I even shorted it again on Saturday with hopes to make a capacity reading on Sunday. So Sunday afternoon, I set up the test bed on the Mad Scientist TV tray, did the DC amps read using the 2P18650 battery just to make sure everything was set up right. Then I hooked up the 6.5 and got nothing. So I replaced the 51 ohm resistor with the big ass 10.2 ohm terminal block resistor. Uh, I took out that LED and replaced it with uh, the little blue jump wire, then set the blue multimeter to 200 milliamps DC and completed the circuit. And Eureka! It fluctuated a bit, then it settled down to about 2.1 milliamps. I checked the voltage under the slight load and the battery showed a little over 1 volt. So hey, that's 2.2 milliwatts. Very cool. Especially because I pulled the 5.0 battery with that still loose cathode, which was also reading about 1 volt on this setup, and checked its capacity, and it didn't register milliamps. The best it could do was 41 microamps. So... Long story short, wiring these cells in parallel does work, especially because this thing is one volt in change, and honestly, if this didn't give sufficient results, I was prepared to round file this whole damn project and just use bleach batteries and dead double A's 
with the Jewel Thief for energy harvesting. So now I'm going to refine the cathode modification. I'm going to wire up more than three of these in a unit and proceed. Okay, for one more tune, we're going to close out kicking with That's How We Rock and Roll by the Roscoe's Wild Child, scoring a hat trick with this number, and crank it. Funky is a 1223 studio joint. Show files are at iTunes, except for the 9-11 show. Internet Archive, Stitcher, TuneIn, and MixCloud. Uh, episode notes are on the pod pages, and you can download the MP3 directly. If you like the show, please drop a review or rating at iTunes or the Facebook. Uh, the show themes Rocket Power and Spyglass by New York musician and composer Kevin McClough. Some additional audio from freesound.org. The next episode is set for Monday, November 20th. I'm Larry, trying hard to stay chill at my garret in the mission. And this is Magneto Funky from San Francisco, where we go through. 
not into the darkness.